Growth Igniters Radio, Episode 7, Achieving Business Goals Through For-Profit, Non-Profit Partnering. This episode is brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, enabling successful leaders and companies to accelerate to their next level of growth. On the web at businessadvance.com. And now, here's Pam and Scott. Thanks, Chris. I'm Pam Harper, founding partner and CEO of Business Advancement Incorporated. And right over there is my partner and husband, Scott Harper. Hey, Pam. It's great to be here today. It's nice and sunny outside. And the purpose of Growth Igniters Radio is to spark new insights, inspiration, and immediately useful ideas for leaders to take themselves and their companies to their next level of success. And you know, Pam, it's been really exciting to see all the positive responses that we've been getting to our first four episodes. I know, it is exciting. And we want to thank all of you who are listening for listening, and also to uh, remind you to rate the episodes on iTunes. Yeah, this really helps us uh, find out what people like, what uh, they uh, want to hear more of. You can also submit questions to us on each episode page on growthignitersradio.com so we can do more of, of what uh, is meaningful to you. So, Pam, what's up for today? Well, today we're going to be talking more about achieving business goals through for-profit, non-profit partnering. Well, you know that yeah. many companies we work with, as well as we, are very committed to all kinds of charitable causes. Yes. And yet what we've been learning is that there's new and innovative types of relationships between for-profit businesses and nonprofits, and that there are emerging opportunities in this that can benefit everyone involved. Well, that's right. That's right. So we are so fortunate to have as our guest, Karen Eber Davis, a leading authority on income growth strategies for nonprofits. Karen is president of Karen Eber Davis Consulting and author of the book, Seven Nonprofit Income Streams, Open the Floodgate to Sustainability. Her passion is to help nonprofit leaders fulfill their goals and create extraordinary impact. Welcome, Karen. We're so glad that you could join us. It's wonderful to be here. Karen, so many of us are in the habit of supporting charitable organizations and other nonprofits through contributions or sponsorships. And we all know it does a lot of good. But you're talking about taking this whole for-profit, nonprofit partnering to an even higher level, which is exciting. I mean, this is innovative. Something different. It is. Can you tell us a little more about this? Sure. Um, imagine you're at your desk, you're very busy, and the phone rings and you think, oh, I shouldn't answer that, but you do. And it's your good friend, Joe, when you cut it short, but you have this great moment of connection with Joe, before Joe asks you to come with him to visit a nonprofit. You say yes, but your stomach kind of goes, ew, I know I'm going to give something I want to give back. How much should I give? And does this really mm -hmm. do anything? Does it really help the people it helps? Does it help my business? Because mm -hmm. it comes down to that. That's right. So imagine instead you have this feeling of like, oh, cool. I want to go see this nonprofit because I want to see if it can reach my business goals. I have some things in mind that I've been thinking about, and this group is a real possibility. Huh. Huh. That sounds cool, but how does that work? 
Well, let me give you an example specific. Okay. Um, there was in the community where I am a organization. I live in Florida, so there's a lot of bugs who, like many groups, <laughs> did pest control. Big organization, one of the leading pest control companies. And they had some phil philanthropic passions and they were funding a group outside of town related to the co-founder's passion, childhood interest. Working with them, we created a great differential. We helped them to take and support the same or a similar cause, helping youth to get a ready and get a leg up and get started on a good place in life. Uh -huh. Instead of far away, inside the community where they wanted to serve. So this became a great price differentiator for them, meaning that people were no longer comparing so much on price. They began to say, oh yeah, you're the guys who support our kids. And therefore uh, they became known and it helped them get some identity. So it's a point of differentiation. And we all know how important differentiating is. Can be well in that case, yeah. yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. So... Can you tell us a little more about how that would work? I mean, you've started to do that. It sounds like marketing is a big deal. Marketing is a real key. There are some other areas, though, that work. We know from the studies that are out there that most successful large corporations have very active philanthropic programs. We don't know whether that makes them bigger or whether they're bigger mm -hmm. because they're doing this, um, it's, it's coincidental. I mean, it's causal or not. Or uh, they're philanthropic simply because they're big and they have money and right. they want to make a good impression. What about the smaller companies, too? I mean, I know a number of smaller companies, us included, that have that same philanthropic bent. You know, we want to contribute. Can it do the same things for a smaller company? Absolutely. The models we see and people talk about are large companies. But okay. what's possible is also possible for the small company. And part of the key thing is not reactivity, but proactivity. Look, what do I really want to achieve and how could it be done? So to be strategic about that and build the, the relationship into your strategic objectives. And in fact, the best place to start is about what does the business want to achieve? Okay. Can, can I so give another us, story? Tell us more. Go ahead, please. Another example. Imagine you want to reach young women. If you can reach young women, they will become your customers for life. You have a consumer product, and it's going to be used up, and they're going to need to repurchase it once, twice a year. How would you reach mm -hmm. them? Well, Procter & Gamble Secret Deodorant decided to work with cyberbullying. But their key motivator was saying, how can we reach young women? They designed a campaign called Mean Stinks. And mean it's so stinks. clever. Mean Stinks. Okay. Uh -huh. So it's so clever because it ties in deodorant use with mean and stinking. Uh huh. You're right. And they have young women on Facebook and all over doing different things with a quote about Mean Stinks, showing their pinky and saying that. And they partner with a nonprofit about cyberbullying. So the benefits become customers potentially for life, great current PR for the company, yeah. and really for the nonprofit, this huge boost in getting the concept of their mission out. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. I mean, that it's, it's a great win for everybody. Now, could you do this aside from marketing? How else could you fit the nonprofit partnering in with your strategic goals? 
Certainly another strong area this is used with is employee retention and employee um, gathering. Tell us a little more about that. Well, imagine you would like to have employees come to you who have STEM skills, common thing. Okay. So you might do, as some companies are doing, strategically work with a local university to offer scholarships for STEM students. Part of that process might be, as part of your partnership, to go in and provide some lecture materials. So people become, young students become familiar with what you're doing and at least know about your company. We've got some data out here. The Committee on Encouraging Corporate Philanthropy found that 71% of millennials would choose a job with a company with a commitment to the community if all other factors are equal. So this is another differentiator. When people are coming to be interviewed and look at you as a serious place to come work, mm-hmm. they're going to want to that know about your corporate activities. That so, makes a lot of sense. So you mentioned millennials. Uh, I've read that millennials as a group in general appear to be maybe a little more idealistic. Do you find that? Is, is that what you understand as well? What I'm seeing in the field, and I've been doing this over 20 years, is a lot more accountability and results orientation conversation. So what used to be, uh, I'll write you a check because I know you're doing good work, is now much more relationship engagement. What are the outcomes based? Okay, that's, that's great. Okay, well, I think we've we've really uh, highlighted a number of areas where for-profit and non-profit can uh, work together, can begin to work together, but we're just scratching the surface here, and uh, we're going to need to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk more with Karen Eber Davis about how innovative partnering with non-profits can enhance a for-profit company's business goals. Stay with us. You are listening to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper, brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, enabling successful companies to accelerate to their next level of innovation and growth. If you subscribe to the Growth Igniters community by going to growthignitersradio.com and clicking the Join Our Community button up in the upper right corner, we can send you weekly updates with a direct link to each episode page. This one would be episode seven, so you can easily access all the extra resources and show notes and get even more value from each episode. Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper, that's me, and Scott Harper. We're talking with Karen Eber Davis about how taking a new approach to partnering between for profits and non profits can build even more value for both sides. Karen, how can people get in touch with you? I'm at Karen Eber Davis, um, and it's www.kedconsult.com or Karen at kedconsult.com. That's wonderful. That That's very helpful. So uh, let's continue our conversation. In the last segment, you were talking about some really interesting ways that for-profits and non-profits can achieve their strategic business goals with innovative partnering arrangements. Beyond just f- philanthropy and, and giving. Well, that's yeah. right. And uh, yet we know that a lot of companies 
a lot of people who are in companies who are listening do sponsor. And it seems like what we're hearing you say, though, is that partnering between for-profits and non-profits is evolving. So what's new about the approach that you're describing now? Sponsorship and working with nonprofits is relatively new, surprisingly, in terms of really? business history. Mm-hmm. The real breakthrough, and there's been several before, was a story with American Express. People go back to that and say that was the beginning. And it was in the 1980s, and um, the Statue of Liberty, if you recall, needed some re- renovation. Mm-hmm. And right. the American Express began to work with the nonprofit doing that. And they, if you recall, or maybe not, if you were around then, um, offered their people who used American Express, if they used their American Express card, that they would provide money for the Lady Lady Liberty for each transaction Mm -hmm. for four months. And they also- I do remember that. Yeah, right. Okay. They also offered a dollar for everyone getting a new card. So- that was like the eye-opening experience for the world or the community that these kinds of interesting, positive, make new things happen were possible. From that, they raised, I believe it was $1.75 million for the cause, wow. which is small potatoes today, but it, at that point, it was pretty big money. And they had mm. a significant increase in the amount of transactions and lots and lots of new people getting an American Express card. So it's it's interesting that it's not as long-lived as I would have thought. Uh, And yet one of the things I am hearing, I was speaking with a group of uh, nonprofit uh, organizations recently, and I was hearing, for the first time for me at least, uh, a lot of references to partnering with their sponsors. Uh, You know, we're we're talking about a partnering relationship. It wasn't strictly sponsoring. Is that something that's new then? Yes, that level and exploring of what partnerships could mean is really where I see the most potential income growth for nonprofits. It's where the new area, because what a partnership does is create something that wasn't there before for the community. Yes. So two separate entities combine and they do something that's new and they create that innovation piece that you guys so love. Right. Mm-hmm. So sponsorship to me is a nonprofit sits around at a table and says, we want to do this activity. How can we engage businesses and other people to be part of it? And so they create sponsorship packages, and then they basically mm-hmm. sell those. So they they're, can be customized, but they're often designed to be mass marketed, even if right. it's a small group with that kind of approach. Versus mm-hmm. a partnership is each of you sitting down together and saying, what could we do that's never been done before? And now I'll give you an example. Okay, more recent, um, 2005, Federal Express contacts the National Christmas Tree Association. And they say, we'd like to do something for our troops. Would you help us out? Ah. And in several weeks, they began the program that becomes Trees for the Troops. So imagine your Federal Express. It's almost the holiday time, and you would like to bump your business up. You work with the local tree growers who are in charge of doing the local press releases and providing free trees. And you say, okay, we're gonna do a pickup of trees for Afghanistan the first week of December. We'll be there with our truck. We'll give you free transportation for the trees. We'll give you some free labor to help load the trees. Can you go ahead and get this word out? So the Christmas tree grower in upper Michigan calls the local press and 
then you know, December 5th, they're looking for a Christmas story. And here mm-hmm. on this national public media stories that go viral are pictures of trees being loaded by troops in, in people in fatigues and troops and people helping and FedEx trucks in the background. This not only helps FedEx, who has a marvelous Christmas, and it also helps the Christmas tree growers and it helps the association because their members are excited about this process as well as it helps people and helps the troops. And there's a heartwarming experience part of this story. So you're dealing with something that's that's really novel, that stands out against all the noise, and it's much more than just, we donate money to the troops for Christmas dinner or something like that. So right. that's, that's, that is innovation. That's very cool. It's, it's the difference, I think, between giving money and seeing your money have a true impact in multiple ways. Well, that's, that's true. And I think that the other thing that I'm struck by again and again, as you're talking, is the importance of everybody's strategic goals being met in all of this. So it can't be just one sided. So the nonprofit is not saying, okay, we're selling something Mm -hmm. that's that suits their strategy in one sense. But it's more like, how can we work together? How can we create something that's bigger than any of us could do alone? So it's a it's a co creation. It's a true collaboration that creates new value that wasn't there before. And that's in our definition, that's innovation. So Karen, Maybe you can talk a little more about some of the ways, I mean, you've been talking about very large companies. Some of the people who are going to be listening are more in the middle market or even entrepreneurial. What kinds of things could they be doing then if they don't have this huge budget or uh, way of partnering? Are, are there opportunities for them too? Absolutely. I will add back to the Christmas tree, no money exchanged hands there. So that was an idea that had no financial, I mean, had impact in kind gifts, but there was no Uh cash transfer transfer there. Um, Yes. And then here's another story. In fact, there's two stories from the local theater group here. It's, 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 it's not a small theater. It's well established, but um, there is a car dealership here called wild Lexus and on Wednesdays, which is Low Theater Attendance Day, they've created or had created at one point Wild Lexus Wednesdays. And at that day, at the theater, when you came into the foyer, it was a Lexus Park, the newest one, of course. And also, they also provided champagne. So it became, again, a market differentiator. Uh-huh. They had a chance to talk and be with their market. Everyone got to see the car and sit in it and those kinds of experiences. That, that's one way. So it's looking for this, where is there already space? How can mm-hmm. I help the theater increase their attendance on low attendance Wednesday, but also make it ours? Okay. So it sounds like, again, it's looking for what are the needs and how can we think more expansively about different ways that we can reach out mm-hmm. to uh, different types of organizations in this case. In harmony, creating, and meeting, that, and That's a great need. word, Scott. Harmony. 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 It has to be authentic. Yes. And that's a good place for us to take a quick break right now. And when we come back, we'll talk more with Karen Eber Davis about three increasingly effective ways that you can start putting partnering with nonprofits to directly contribute to advancing your specific business objectives. Stay with us. 
You are listening to Growth Igniter's radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper, brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, on the web at businessadvance.com. If you like what you're hearing, don't keep us a secret. Go to growthignitersradio.com, click on episode 7, and use the share links for iTunes, Stitcher, LinkedIn, Twitter, whatever social media you use, and tell your uh, social media communities all about us using hashtag GrowthIgniters. And be sure to subscribe to Growth Igniters radio podcast series on iTunes or Stitcher so you won't miss a single episode. Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. We're talking with Karen Eber Davis about new ways for for profit companies to partner with nonprofits to advance their specific objectives. Karen, how can people find you and how can they find out about your book? Thanks, Pam. Um, I'm at Karen at kedconsult.com or www.kedconsult.com and my books on Amazon as well as other major booksellers. And it's called Seven Nonprofit Income Streams Open the Floodgates to Sustainability. It's a huge resource for anybody who is thinking about this. So now in the last two segments, we've been talking about a different way of thinking about nonprofit and for-profit partnering. And how it's a win for everybody involved. And you've given us tremendous stories. Let's look at specific ways that uh, people who are listening could jump on some of these opportunities that are out there uh, as soon as they're done listening to the program. Great. One thing I would suggest people do is to get proactive. And by that, I mean to begin to think about what the criteria they, they want to use to impact their philanthropic giving. So what, what, would you, what would be an example of that? Which business goal would I like to work on? Okay, the most, okay. So whether it's external, so it's marketing, or whether it's employees, uh, employee retention, for example, or whether it's both, I suppose. Or engagement, yes. Right. So what, what I hear Karen saying is, this is now strategic, it's not just, oh, let's be good guys. Let's be strategic and figure out how we can create that win-win that builds value for both. Okay. Is that what I'm hearing, Karen? Absolutely. And I would even start with the, the, the dangerous, potentially really life-changing question is, is there something that keeps me from having more business? What is that? And is there a nonprofit that either short-term or long-term could positively change that, remove the block? Hmm. That's a really good point. And of course, there are a lot of us who really don't know but a fraction of all the nonprofits that are out there. So uh, I'm sure you have advice on that, too. Do you have any idea how many nonprofits there are in North America? Uh, no. <laughs> thousands and thousands, I assume. 1.7 million. million. Wow. 1.7 million nonprofits. And yet Absolutely. we only can think of a few off the top of our head. How do you find out about them? Well, I would do several things. If you want, if you, you decide your, your, some, some of your criteria, you can look through who you funded and see who meets those and, and begin to work on some partnership possibilities with them. Or you can do some research. 
And you can go and there are several sites we can put on the links below. The community foundations where you are often will have a list of local nonprofits that may fit. One of the challenges or one of the criteria that I recommend is fit. So you might want to add, okay, I want to work with groups who my employees will love and will help me keep my employees and my employees care about X. I want to work with mm -hmm. groups who save, save the same region I serve. So for instance, it doesn't really help you if someone's a national group, but your market is, is in New Jersey. True. And, and begin to do that. And, and at some point too, even though there's this huge millions of nonprofits, there's only probably 20 to 30 that might interest you. 20 to 30 is a lot. <laughs> but I guess if you're sorting through, I mean, there, it, it's going to become clear as you go through that sort of 20 to 30, which ones are going to be best for you, right? Right. And, and some you're going, to, you're going to look at and say, they look really good on paper, but I don't see them doing any activities. Mm -hmm. So you um, have to do your homework. You have to do your homework. And you lay out criteria, which is what I hear you saying. Uh huh. Right. You can get advice from people like community foundations, consultants, of course. Many people, not necessarily on the street, but inside the nonprofit community, can give you some advice on possibilities. Okay. All right. So let's see. That was, we're still at step one, right? Yeah, step <laughs> one, be strategic. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And that, what else? that's really. Um, ideally, you have this, this list either on your desk or, or somewhere easy to access. So when you get those phone calls and get those requests through emails saying, would you please sponsor us? You can kind of automatically say maybe, yes, no. So that's step one. Step two would be to ask people asking you for funding for a one-page overview of the, the opportunity. Not too long for you to read, not too long for them to put together and ask them how you might partner besides what they're asking for. Hmm. Okay. So they have to be willing to think outside the box as much as we are, right? Yeah, well, that's the Absolutely. Yes. And that allows, so that would be a criteria. Yeah, that a lot, right. You know, that would be, unless you just find someone who's just so perfect and they've already gotten a sponsorship that really works for you, you're probably going to be do some, doing some individual creation to customize what's going on. Mm -hmm. Yes, that makes a lot of sense. So what happens from there? Ideally, you get a pile of these and you can review them against each other. So you're reviewing them against each other. What happens from there? Well, that's the point, too. You might decide to go ahead and fund some of them, see what the okay. relationship is like. Uh huh. The next step would be presumably you're in this business and have done some sponsorships and done some activities. You have your criteria list. You look at who's been, you funded, begin to pick out one or two to have another conversation with and to say, is there something here that we could do together? What might it be? And to let that begin to bubble up. It's an individual. I am very attracted to your cause as a business owner. I see that it could help me to meet some goals. How would I help meet your goals? Where are you stuck? Do I have resources that you might need that wouldn't cost me much, but yet I'd be happy to share. Okay. So it really sounds like to do this and to do it right, you have to do some of the things that we talk about with regard to alliances of any sort, which is you have to build 
an idea also of trust in addition to the strategic uh, goals there has to be trust built there has to be uh, some framework for how you're going to work together and that's what you're describing am I right correct yes although you're partnering with a nonprofit it's really very similar to any business relationship and, and especially the business alliances. Well, that's right. You treat it as an alliance instead of just some sponsorship. I mean, it's 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 a different way of thinking, Karen. And you have brought it to life for us. And, uh, and we've spoken with you many times. And this is an exciting uh, frontier. It sounds like it's a frontier, right? You know, right now. And uh, we hope you will come back and tell us more about some of the new things that are happening in this area. And we can drill down a bit more. Absolutely. Look forward to it. So any last thoughts you'd like to uh, leave with us as we're winding up here? Certainly. If they review, listeners want to review a little bit what I've said about the options, there is a newsletter link we'll put on the bottom. I have an article in my newsletter. Called, the newsletter is called The Link between non and for-profits, and the article is Good, Better, Best, Ways to Invest with Nonprofits. And I would so we'll encourage get, listeners to especially make a criteria list. That's great, and we'll put that, a link to that uh, in our resources section on the episode page. Karen, thank you so much. Yes, thank you. If you have questions related to today's episode or any episode, go to Open a Conversation with Us at the bottom of the episode page. To find out who our guest will be next Wednesday, go to growthignitersradio.com and look in the sidebar for a schedule of upcoming episodes over the next few weeks. Thanks for listening to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. To check out resources related to today's conversation, get Karen's special report, share on social media, or subscribe to the podcast series on iTunes or Stitcher, go to growthignitersradio.com and select episode seven. Until next time, this is Pam Harper and Scott Harper wishing you continued success and leaving you with this. What opportunities can you uncover to generate new value with unexpected partners? And what will you do to engage them? Growth Igniters and Growth Igniters Radio are service marks of Business Advancement Incorporated. All Growth Igniters Radio episodes are copyrighted productions of Business Advancement Incorporated, intended for the private use of our audience. Except as otherwise provided by copyright law, all other uses, including copying, editing, redistribution, and publication without prior written consent of Business Advancement Incorporated, are prohibited. All rights reserved.